Welcome to Podcast Payoffs. My name is Gord Vickman here, as always, with my friend and partner, Dan Sullivan. Dan, normally we're across the table. This time we're across the city. These are interesting times, and we've been having a lot of fun on this series of shows here on Podcast Payoffs. I wanted to get into this by asking you, you published an article on LinkedIn recently about entrepreneurial mindset of something you're born with, or you can expand upon it. So I'm thinking now, as we've realized that institutions throughout this COVID-19 time, the institutions that we had relied on, we've realized that some of them were really not as effective or perhaps completely ineffective at protecting us or doing what's right or even making a competent decision. I wanted to ask you, first of all, if you could just go into a little bit about the entrepreneurial mindset, what it means, and do you believe people are going to start waking up now and is this going to be a great awakening of a new entrepreneurial mindset shift where people realize I have to take care of myself and I'm going to start right now. It's a great insight on your part in the question. It's kind of interesting. I started thinking about this 46 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was my first real, I would say, focused thinking about the microchip, which you know, was just being named in the early 1970s. Yeah, it was called the integrated circuit and people are talking electronics and everything else. But the particular name microchip started appearing around 1973 that I remember. It might have been out there before that. And there was a particular article in the New York Times gone back and I've tried to find it, but I haven't. The writer was saying that there was this new invention on the planet called the microchip, and this was the greatest invention of all time for two reasons. One is that you could use microchips to make even more powerful microchips, and that you could take powerful microchips and you could take almost anything else that already exists and enhance the power of it, enhance the usefulness, or replace it with something completely new. You could invent something new and made two predictions that there was going to be a great disruption over the coming decades. And the disruptions would take two forms. First of all, that there would be an explosion of new entrepreneurial activity, both in in existing industries, but also that new industries would actually be created as the usefulness of microchip-powered devices and tools and systems started to make their way through the economy and through the international community. But he said the other thing that the hierarchies that had been built up during the industrial age, because hierarchies were really defined by the factory system, because factories are very expensive to build. You know, there's an amortization cost, like a steel mill, like a steel mill around 1900. If you build a steel mill, it would take you 50 years to pay back your investment. And therefore, you couldn't be fooling around with all kinds of organizational innovations. You had layers of management, and you had invested so much, you didn't want to fool around with your model. And that was true, and it went, I mean, steel was just a crucial industry, but the railroad industry, you know, the car manufacturers, you know, and government took on this form, big governments, because Government always follows in the wake of the marketplace, you know. Government innovates nothing. Government creates nothing new. They simply borrow forms that are being used more frequently in the corporate, could be corporate, but largely it's invented by smaller operations, which are then bought out or they become big. And usually there's some sort of crisis that catalyzes the change 
And it seems to me over the last month, that's what's actually happened. That's my whole thing. So I don't think it's so much the growth of entrepreneurship because I think the entrepreneurship was there, but it wasn't obvious. As we go down, I'll give you some evidence of what I think is actually happening here. I've been thinking a lot about it as well. And just what a lot of entrepreneurship is, is testing and failing and testing and failing until something finally hits. Things are being invented right now today that would not have been invented or created otherwise. And there are technologies as well Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be invented right today, but are coming to the forefront and are becoming exponential as a result of this. Zoom, we were speaking in the last episode about Zoom. Well, 20 times growth has been, you know, going along for years. And in one, maybe six week period, this isn't twice as many. This is 20 times, this is 2,000 times more than they had. You know, I hope not tiring themselves out. You were talking about the steel mills throwing themselves up to the sky and it would take them 50 years to pay it off. It's like, well, you better make some steel then because <laughs> you need some money. You know, 10 years ago, before entities out there, websites that would allow you to create websites. So, for example, it's so easy to create a product or a service now and to build a burner website on services like Webflow. It's essentially drag and drop. You just take this and you move this around here. And someone with limited to minimal technological know-how with a little bit of help, maybe make a phone call if you get stuck, but you could have a website built that looks fully functional in about a day and a half. Whereas 10 years ago, you would have to pay someone probably 10 to $15,000. And now you got skin in the game. But now if you can just get that website up, you can test your entrepreneurial ideas. Here's my product. Here's my service. If it doesn't work, okay. I didn't build a steel mill. I just wasted a Saturday. I'll move on. Yeah. From your own perspective, because, you know, you're doing podcasts, but you're also connected with tech, you know, our tech team, you're connected with our production team. So I think you probably have a much broader view and a greater perspective on what's been happening. Just if you use your thesis that entirely new things are being created and new things are being experimented with just from inside strategic coach. What are three or four things? I mean, I have some things that I'm doing differently, and I have some thoughts about where the program, the strategic coach program, is going to go as a result of these. So the other two I'll mention, these don't necessarily work together, so it may sound a bit disjointed, but it's really not when you think about it, because they're all about creating communities within entrepreneurial organizations. This is not created during the COVID crisis, but you can now create private podcasts. If you have a community, if you have a group of people, and you want to broadcast to them, create that podcast and only people who you allow to listen to it will be able to listen to it. So you can use these internally if you have an organization, whether it's some kind of structure and you only want certain individuals to have access to it. There's money to be made in secrecy and there's money to be made in exclusivity. So imagine if you created some sort of message and the only people who would be able to listen to that message would be those who have maybe purchased a subscription model to you. So, oh, did you hear such and such, this person's podcast, whether it's a celebrity or someone who's sort of an intellectual celebrity, an entrepreneurial celebrity. Oh, I didn't. Oh, you, you got to go in there. You got to pay that $14.99 a month. You got to listen to this. This person's saying amazing things. Private podcast. So my sense is that that's a huge change. And that's, I think, probably a subject for future podcasts between us, but I think the whole notion that everything's going to be known, there's going to be no privacy, 
maybe it's going in the opposite direction, maybe as a result of this, because people are getting a lot of practice right now of just communicating with who they want to communicate with for very specific reasons. So what you're getting is a well-trained citizenry who now have capabilities and they say, hey, I could do all sorts of things with this. Yeah, they bent it and it broke, unfortunately. And now people are emerging with new ideas. The third thing, Dan, you asked me for three, so I'll give you the third is there are podcasting companies right now who are working on, some of them are in beta, some of them are actually shipped, but instant live broadcasts and it's all done over your phone. So for example, I'm holding my phone right now and I have subscribers to my normal podcast. I send out a little ping to everyone who subscribes and I say, Gord Vickman and Dan Sullivan are going live right now. It'll probably be about 15 minutes, maybe 20. If you want to join us, join now. We go on mobile phones. We do a live broadcast. And those who subscribe to us hear about it. And they can join us live, like a live radio show, for as long as they want. And you can actually see the numbers of people joining you, 12, 25, 50, 500. So you're doing a live radio broadcast for anyone who subscribes to you anywhere in the world. And then when you're finished, you sign off. Imagine how powerful that would be for messaging if you had everyone on your team or all of your clients and customers who subscribe to that podcast and you wanted to send a message in a time of crisis. Hey, I'm going live right now. I just want to let everybody know everything's fine. Everything's cool. And I want to send some notes or some you know, words of reassurance to you. Here's some things that you can do to help yourself and help your family. Here is where you can find some resources. Thanks very much for listening. You know, we'll talk to you later. Boom. I've been in touch with a doctor continually on Long Island. He has this wonderful communication medium, which is called Lodestone, which he's created. I mean, Babs and I have worked with Stephen and Michelle, his partner, his wife. So he's talking to 2,000, 3,000 frontline medical personnel on a night, and he's coming in from 60 different countries, and there's instant translation of 50, 60 languages. So people anywhere can get this. And over the last week, he's had four huge medical associations who are planning summertime in-person conferences somewhere in the world, and they phoned him up and they said, could you just design our virtual conference? Because there's no possibility that our live conference is at all predictable. And so we're just going to make a decision right now. And would you do this for us? And what would the cost be? So we talked and he said, what should the cost be? And I said, sounds to me like you're the buyer here. They phoned you. You didn't phone them. And I (laughs) said, always be the buyer. And I said, what would be a price that would make you very excited and very fascinated and you'd get really paid for all the times you used this over the last seven years and didn't get paid, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's really funny. And he says, oh, yeah, but it's necessary. I said, these guys have a big budget. How much is their live conference call? You know, it's a huge hotel, there's air flight. And I said, factor in everybody's cost of going to the live conference and then use that as your reference point for deciding how much you're going to charge, you know. I don't don't care what it is. So he's suddenly popular. But you know, Gord, just to go back to your original point, entrepreneurs have been working in the background, not just in the last month or so. They've been working for years and years. But all of a sudden, the things which kind of didn't give them room to expand in society are faltering and they're falling apart. So my feeling is, for example, I'll, I'll use one example, going to a doctor's office for a checkup just will not happen 
when we return to the new normal. It's all going to be telemedicine, and it's going to be incredibly better. It's going to be incredibly better. And even testing, you'll be able to breathe on the screen or put your thumbprint on your iPhone, and there will be an analytical tool that will give you a pretty good read of how you are and everything. Oh. The insurance industry right now is switching over to no medical insurance policies, you know, they figure, well, we'll get 10 times more customers and we'll just work the odds. So my sense mm-hmm. is there was an enormous amount of preparation back burner. I just did a new tool called Backburner Breakthrough. And we had, I mean, we had discussions when you came on board. I say next four or five years, we're going to start experimenting with this stuff. Well, five years is now three months, you know. One of the things I was thinking about as well, just from the entrepreneurial mindset article that you had written on LinkedIn very recently, Dan, you mentioned that there were people who were not prepared psychologically, emotionally, technologically. What I'm thinking about is there were companies who never believed for a moment they would ever need any kind of digital messaging. And they were the ones that were caught with their pants down and they are the ones that are scrambling now. There are a lot of people who are thinking, well, why would I ever need to get messages out to my clients and customers? I'm going to see them all tomorrow. They never even considered for a moment that maybe there'd be an opportunity where they wouldn't be able to see them tomorrow. And I was speaking with our wonderful and incredible audio engineer, Willard Bond, who edits all our podcasts. He's been busy. Yeah, he's had a few things to do. (laughs) We've published... 17 trillion podcasts in four days. So Willard's been busy. And I said, you know, it's interesting because it's almost like it's revenge of the audio nerds. Because for a little while, as radio crumbled beneath everyone's feet, people assumed that, you know, maybe these people are going to find something else to do. Well, digital messaging is not something that you can either do or not do now for companies. I mean, I'm not saying that every individual in the world needs to have a podcast, but you need to have some capability to get messages out to your clients and customers digitally, whether through video, whether through audio, and you need to kind of have that in the chamber and ready to fire at a moment's notice. What I've discovered, because I've coached somewhere in the neighborhood of six or 7,000 entrepreneurs, that there's nothing I can tell an entrepreneur about the specialty that they have. You know, they have a particular product or they have a particular service. I can't tell them anything about their specialty. What I can tell them, it's what being a entrepreneur around their specialists, you know, because I've talked to thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs and I understand the life cycle of an entrepreneur. I understand what works and what doesn't work. So I've got a massive amount of knowledge about how just entrepreneurship actually works. And we have three levels. We have the basics. This is, you just have to get these down, how you handle time, how you handle money, what kind of relationships are good for you both in your company and outside in the marketplace? And what's your purpose that would allow you to play a constantly growing lifetime game as an entrepreneur? And then we have one 10 times where you've essentially created what we call a self-managing company where you as the entrepreneur are not managing, starting to technologize your teamwork, start to multiply your teamwork through technology. And then we have a third level, which is called Free Zone Frontier, And I've got about 50 of them, and they're essentially creating industries where everybody collaborates and nobody competes. And it's remarkable to see. I've sat in a number of workshops to see what people are coming up with. It's completely mind-blowing. Yeah, it's just a reward. So I have this doctor, Stephen Palter, and he's just cooperating with every single other. His specialty is IVF, in vitro fertilization. In the United States, it was closed down because it was deemed not an essential 
some of these people are second mortgaging their homes to pay for a chance that after a lot of failure that they might get pregnant. And within days, the White House was asking him for guidance on this issue. State governors across the country and everything like that. Not only that, but people from faraway countries were asking for guidance because they were all going to have to deal with the same issue. So he's created this capability, essentially, and I just linked him up with a banker that we have from Minneapolis, and he's a community banker. And he's going to use Lodestone in a couple of weeks to talk to everybody that he gave loans to through the new government programs. And he'll be the only banker in the world that actually talks to his borrowers and asks them, what's up? You know, what can we do to give you reassurance about this government loan? They'll have people from U.S. Treasury Department and everything on the podcast series. So they're kind of like instant communities. It was what you were talking before, Gord, about that the technology now allows us to create instant, very, very issue-specific, topic-specific communities. Yeah. And this totally, totally bypasses broadcasting. This totally mm-hmm. bypasses all broadcast medium. Before community creation on the radio, it's like I'm going to put the station on because I'm stuck in my car and it's the only thing I can listen to because I can't listen to the one in Buffalo because it's too far. I'm going to watch this TV show because it's what's on on NBC on Thursday night. I don't have any more options. But now community creation by design as you see fit and you can create exclusivities and that's profitable. There's just so many things that are being built right now. It's a really, really exciting time. And Dan, we started off the show with wondering, is this going to be the new dawn or a rebirth perhaps or an explosion in entrepreneurial mindsets? And I think the series that you're doing on Multiplier Mindset right now, if you're one of those people who thinks this is my time. This is when I want to begin. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I really want to do this. I think that multiplier mindset series you're doing, okay, they've done it. Obviously, they're in a different stratosphere right now, and it's a new galaxy, but everybody started somewhere. You know, it's really, really interesting because you've been in the radio world, basically your adult career, and I've been coaching for almost half a century. And before that, I had, you know, advertising. I was in advertising. And you don't have to go far for ideas today. The ideas are in people's aspirations. All you have to do is be in touch with people's ambitions. And mine is the ambition of talented, successful, ambitious entrepreneurs. What are their aspirations? And to get an audience, you just get a handle on what people like them, their aspirations are, and start talking about it. And we had an interesting discussion, not yesterday. I think it might have been yesterday. I think it was the morning session. We did two hours. And one of our free zone clients was on the 10 Times Connection Workshop. And he said, I'm thinking about the podcast now. And he says, how do I find the audience? And I said, well, you don't. The audience finds you. And he says, well, how does that work? And I said, well, you talk about what's interesting to them. (laughs) And you start with the people you already have relationships with, and you feed back what's most important to them. And each of them will find you 10 more listeners. They'll do the job for you. I think really good salespeople in ancient Rome knew that. (laughs) You know, I said, I don't think this is 21st century breakthrough wisdom. (laughs) And then Tucker Max, who I just started a new book. You don't know about that, but I started a new book. So we're taking the book breakthrough and he's going to make it into a big book, but he's interviewing me on my understanding of entrepreneurs and why they would 
want to do books. But he was on this podcast and our clients said, you know, well, it's not broadcasting, it's narrowcasting. I said, no, it's not narrowcasting, it's target casting. I said, you have a profound wisdom and understanding of a particular type of human being. These are good people, they're ambitious people, they're talented, and they're creating a lot of value. And you just have a podcast about their dangers, their opportunities, and their strengths. And you can go forever with it. Tucker said this is exactly the point. This is just the opposite of broadcasting. This is just the total opposite. They come to you, you don't go to them. But it never hurts to ask. So if you enjoyed this episode of Podcast Payoffs, tell one person, share it with one friend, and that's all we ask from you. All the resources that we've been discussing are at strategiccoach.com. All of the new tools that Dan's creating and the resources are available there for you to have throughout this very, very interesting time. And Dan, I thank you so much for joining me today. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Gord. A lot of things I hadn't thought about. So that's always a good sign. 